This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. This is Save Eureka, Episode 37, Friendly Fire. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> whistle fail. <laughs> I was trying to whistle the theme. But bump, but oh! I was like, I'll jump in with the whistling theme, <laughs> and then not so much, right? <laughs> yeah. I well, you, you were just fail. inspired by the uh, the kind of like uh, after school special version of the theme that they were playing while uh, while he was skateboarding around in this episode, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I love when they bury the theme and stuff. That's awesome. And so I was like, uh, Kevin is never going to get into Harvard if she keeps letting him cut school to go skateboarding at the park. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's supervised skateboarding. <laughs> He's going to get the rejection letter, and it's going to be like. We're sorry if you had just attended senior year two more days. Well, I guess he's not a senior yet, is he? I have no idea. Does it matter in Eureka? I don't know. But I do remember that Zoe was in school a lot, and Kevin doesn't seem to be ever in school. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's necessarily the best thing, though. I mean, well, I don't know. It's Eureka, so he'll just be super smart and he'll go anyway, even though he spends all his time doing that. That sounds about right. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, if he's smart enough, definitely. But I guess I, I just am bent against uh, high schoolers skipping school. <laughs> <laughs> Especially like the the parent like approved. It's okay to just lie and skip in this yeah, case. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. That's never really done it for me. Not good. I mean, obviously, you can sympathize with Allison. I yeah, I have to admit, I I never did that. But then my mother taught at the school that I went to. So <laughs> I know you're talking to so a, no a, a teacher and, and the offspring of a teacher. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, it didn't really work that way. You're like, know? there's no skipping. There's not, <laughs> there's, there's not. Yeah. Uh, in fact, in one of my classes, uh, the semester's ending in college, of course. And, and in one of my classes, there were a lot of people that didn't have to attend the final class because for some reason they, they did these, we had to do these presentations and we ended up, my group ended up in the last group. Yeah. So if you already presented, you, you could kind of get away. Yeah, with I mean, yeah. If you could lose the one point that you would get in the class, you just don't, you yeah. could not come. So, uh, we were taking a poll beforehand of how many people we had kind of a pool going with quarters as to like how many people would show up. Yeah. And I had 15 out of about 35. Uh, and I, I won, but only price is right style because there were like 23 that showed up. Wow. Oh, wow. wow. Not bad. Yeah. Could have been a lot worse. That's a, even your <laughs> guess is a better ratio than what I was getting the last week. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed this episode a lot because number one, it's very much, um, the type of Eureka episode that we've seen over all the years. And I was really afraid that the knowing that the cancellation was coming or that, uh, that it, it was, you know, on the edge anyway at this point that that the final season would be very much like a big arc yeah like, like so a, many a shows plot do. rush kind of yeah and you know i i feel like that arc 
I don't know. It never quite works out as well as it seems like it will. You know, you think, right. oh, it's going to be great. I'm going to get this huge arc. It's going to be like, you know, like, like remember when Deep Space Nine would put like a couple of shows together. You're like, that's awesome. A two-parter anytime was great. And then, then you get like in DS9, you get like three or four-parter and you're like, wow. And then you put like eight together and it doesn't scale, you know, like it feels like you have two parts Well, you have more than that, but definitely you have, you have this characterization and you have plot. And when you, when you, when you do these long eight, nine, 10, you know, huge story arcs with no, with no break in them and you push it forward the whole time, it feels like in a lot of cases you end up rushing the plot through to get all of it in. And, and the characters often get left behind. Well, it feels, it feels like at this point in the season with this episode, that the the writers and the producers and everybody were wise enough to remember that it's the the camaraderie, the chemistry, it's the you know the interaction between the characters and the heart of the show that makes it so special. Right. And it's like they yeah. all they all said, okay, you know, you get the sense that they all said, let's take a breath, like let's slow down and just take a deep breath and and indulge in character development a little bit. And I think that's cool too. I mean, it's kind of it's refreshing in a way. And in some ways it's a little bit bold because people, you know, a lot of times viewership tends to get really, uh, you know, into the plot arcs and stuff. And, and that's kind of the popular thing to follow. But I think it's, it's not that people don't like the character building stuff. I think they just don't appreciate it as much because maybe we take it for granted. Yeah. I, I just felt like, one thing that's made Eureka really great has been that what would normally be a break episode or a filler episode, I guess on, on, or, you know, the people would, I guess, disparagingly call that sort of thing in Eureka there, they deepen the characters and they, they spend time dealing with things. Like in the last episode, we had this huge, huge happening. This, this three-parter, you know, was just multi-parter was just, huge everything built up and these big things happened and we lost a character and a lot of uh you know a lot of people had to deal with some traumatic issues and instead of just dropping all that and moving on to the next thing eureka kind of pauses and we let it sink in for a second you know and we get an a plot that's kind of really a b plot and we get to spend some time living in what those happenings really mean I think that's really important. I think that that if you don't let them set in like that, if you don't think about it, uh, you could even lessen the characters. You know what I'm saying? If if you don't think about the 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 consequences of all that, right? Well, yeah, you you wind up with the the problem of like the the weekly show where nothing really has any relevance at that point, where you know continuity just goes out the window, and who cares? But but you can yeah, slow down alone episodes. And this kind of B epi- B storyline of you know Fargo, you know it's it's well it's it's not a pill, <laughs> you know <laughs> his uh, solution to try to to deal with with uh, a death of someone like, as close. To what them. is it a suppository? I mean, what are we talking about here? <laughs> well, it is a pill. It's just not the pill you'd like to get. <laughs> I, I thought that was really clever and, and really cool and funny because it, it made me laugh because it was it was totally a Fargo kind of thing to do. But, but I mean, even in this moment of like despair, you know, well, not cheap, but, you know, be mischievous, like find, yeah. find some way around the system. Totally. You know, like you. 
Well, it's a total <laughs> eureka moment too. Like as, as soon as they said it, I'm like, well, obviously they're gonna have something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is eureka. That was funny. He's Come like, on. unless you have some magic pill or whatever, and they're like, actually, <laughs> that's a great idea. <laughs> oh, they do. I I love that they have a room labeled furries. Oh, what? Yeah. I thought that was like just for Felicia Day's benefit or something. That was awesome. That, that was, was awesome. seriously cool. I wanted to squeeze one of those little bunnies. They were so cute. <laughs> Like we tried with well, kittens, we but with there cat. were injuries. <laughs> <laughs> what you try to do? Bathe them? <laughs> I like K- the kittens kind of, can get scratchy. I like the kind of subtle firefly references that were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so let's say firefly over and over again. Let's draw some analogy there. <laughs> Whatever lets you do it, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, I just want to say, and I always do this, and jump to the end of the episode. I know, but no. I, I just want to say, uh, number one, the last scene uh, was was truly awesome and one of my favorite Eureka moments. And number two, thank thank uh, you know thank Eureka, thank you Eureka for actually letting Will Wheaton play someone that is not an asshat. And I love how they not even, entirely right? how they even call that out. They even like tease that when he's like he's like she said she she didn't like role playing and he's like. Well, to be fair, you were playing an asshat. <laughs> you know, I, I thought that is so awesome because that's it. Yeah. I mean, like like Will Wheaton's big return to TV has been playing asshats, and and he does he does yeah, a good over job with and it. Over. <laughs> and he's such right. not an asshat that yeah, it's just yeah. so nice to see that happen. You know, to see him play a role that's probably a lot more. Uh, you know what? What is like really Im- impressive is how expressive his eyes are. I noticed it actually in the guild, um, and it was kind of a funny, like, farcical scene. Oh, like in it, season five? Yeah, or... when he was, like, kind of being seductive with Codex. I was like, wow, he's got really deep, like, dreamy kind of brown eyes when he intends to yeah. use them, you know? <laughs> and even, like, in, in season five. When they peek out from under his ass hat, right? <laughs> <laughs> like in season five in, in the guild where he, uh, he he has to play kind of himself doing things that he doesn't really want to do. Yeah. You can tell there's a depth there beyond what he's normally asked to do. Yeah, and, and that's really cool. And, and I saw that same look at the end of this Eureka episode where there's this kind of couple of seconds where he looks and he's trying to think of the right thing to say. And then he asks Fargo, if, you know, do you want to play? Oh, that that, was that awesome. just killed me. That was a, that was awesome. God, the look, I, I on, think, the look on Fargo's face. I almost cried. I mean, just just the way he looked so forlorn. It oh, was intense. Uh, I think it, it, it fits it fits the parish's the parish character to you know he when it comes down to it he's he's antagonistic towards Fargo specifically. But I mean, the circumstances have changed, and and he seems to not be a complete tool. Which is, which is, I, I don't know. I, I thought it was very believable that the way that that scene played out. Well, they made the connection because the funny thing is, like, like I mean, you and I, when we hang out, give each other crap endlessly. And if you yeah. didn't know, like, you just saw it from a distance, you might think that we're really giving each other crap sometimes. Whereas, I guess I'm saying there's a fine line between meaning it. And having fun, and and they just kind of cross that line, and now, like at the end when he's like, only if I get to be an elf, and he's like, well, that's not a problem, you know. I'm not a girl. I'm yeah. not a girl. Yeah, and he <laughs> makes a joke, but you can tell it's. And again, uh, Will it's Whedon's affectionate good, at that point. You know, yeah, plays it, makes it play, but <clears throat> well, know? and and it's played out in the well. I I can't really 
get gushy, but I want to be supportive to this guy <laughs> right? while still being able to go back to being an asshat to him the next day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I wonder if they're going to, I don't know. They could. Oh, uh, they're going to, they're going to be at e- each other's throats again. Yeah. I but guarantee. you know what? I, I think that like, I think that Chuck is onto something that they've crossed a, a point now where they will continue to be antagonistic, but it will be with an affectionate undertone from now on. I think, I think they're friends. They're going to be antagonistic like, like, friends. Listen, Gimli. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to imagine who's going to toss the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I didn't mean it. <laughs> I love the box of of her belongings. It's Aww. like it's like gaming stuff and model rockets and and cool pictures and. I don't know. It was just really neat. Yeah, you know? it was. It was really cool. It also shows how much of a character was developed in the very I mean, relatively short time oh, yeah. she was on the show, too. Which, you know, goes right to the writers for, for being so brilliant about and, that. And talk about yet another kind of call out to fans. I mean, in the past, the show had a lot of interesting characters, but they weren't necessarily geeks themselves. Right. And to focus on characters in, you know, who actually are geeks, like Fargo and Parrish and, you know, past tense, Holly Martin. But it's cool. I mean, it's kind of like in Warehouse 13, you have Claudia, who is a geek, and then crossing over with Fargo. But if if you think back to, like, earlier Eureka characters who kind of came and went, like, um, and I feel stupid, I I don't remember her name, but the woman that that Carter almost ended up with, Tess, Mm -hmm. you know, and and people like that. Like, there were some interesting characters, but never have we had so much like geeky goodness all kind of just obvious on the screen so when they said that this season is for the fans that's just yet another way that i see that coming out it's pretty cool totally you know in in this episode too i i like the way like i said i mean like look at all the various relationships you look at the fact that like like when carter is not really telling joe what happened and i i love i love how uh how it just finally comes out you know yeah. zane <laughs> zane is finally just you like we're uh, doing it in the matrix, they were doing it in the matrix. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bang. joe's like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> and and earlier before that when he's like when when carter is like uh i'm not ready you know I, I, it's not right yet and he's like oh yeah let's just look at her creepy like that's way better you know you know i actually want to talk about that for a second something that zane said which is that it's built on the neural network meaning it was at least to some degree predictive of what carter might have done or or what they might have done in that actual situation and carter's trying to say hey you know it didn't happen you know you can't you can't hold me to that future hypothesis that i'm not even aware of you know and and on the other hand, I can kind of see where Zane's coming from. Like, it, it keeps the seed of doubt in him. Like, does Carter have some sort of unconscious attraction to Joe that, you know, is just waiting to kind of spring up at, at the right opportunity or whatever? And I just, I thought that was a really interesting kind of sci-fi type dilemma. Because, mm. you know how, like... That's one thing I love about sci-fi media is that it, it asks those questions that are kind yeah, of hard to get at. it uncovers the know? fantasy, uncovers reality. Yeah, and, yeah. And I see what you're saying. Like, it's one thing that makes me think is how 
the difference between good friend and and lover is really close. Like like you know, they're components of each other. They're components of good friend and lover. You know what I mean? It's like it's like they're different, but you know, it's like uh, they're not as different as as they might seem. Certainly, I would think a computer, even if it had access to a lot of that data somehow magically, right? still would not be able to 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 make that judgment on its own you know well the other thing is let's say that the computer had nothing to do with it let's say that um it was extrapolated from one of allison's fears or something you know even if that's the case if it was just her fear that still indicates that there could be a little bit of something that she perceived yeah you know i mean assuming it was a a you know, just not irrational. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes we, we fear things legitimately. Like, maybe Allison has sensed that closeness before, and therefore it was the perfect kind of bad situation to make her sort of freak out because... Oh, true. You yeah. know? But I, I just think it's a really interesting question. I have to admit that if I were in uh, Allison's situation, like with you, Chuck, mm. I would be incredibly uncomfortable like just the just the thought that in some possible reality (laughs) and not even hypothetically but one that i had actually lived and thought to be real yeah that that was true and then you know trying to reverse it and i thought what grace said was so smart just like grace i'm having trouble you know i i know intellectually the difference but emotionally i'm having trouble telling them apart i thought that was so so smart you know but i would i think i would be handling it less you know than allison is i mean i think she's doing a pretty good job it's easy to look at the screen and be like oh come on allison no you know? no absolutely not but but man, well, I, I think allison also has the distraction of being able to spend so much time with her kids right now too so yeah she she it, it wasn't it's not not to d- diminish it but it wasn't her only concern about losing that four years right right and like, she's she, getting she, feedback she, on the other one right right she's getting positive feedback she's got jenna and uh um you know not four years advanced without her knowledge and everything so she's she's it's not an entire it's not entirely one way for her she she is being able to kind of you know focus on that for now so i mean maybe we haven't seen the full fallout of of that but I, I think that that makes it a lot easier for her to deal with everything. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that I think that it would be easier for for me, I imagine, or for Allison or for Zane, if it was just hypothetical. Like if the neural yeah. network said, hey, you know, it could happen. Your, your partner, if something were to happen to you, this is the extrapolation and they would probably end up with well, this person. But then if you live like, the simulation for a month, yes, that's not... That's what is the difference is that when you live it and you believe part. it, that's... Yeah, exactly. And it, it's hard to... Again, like back to what Grace said, it's hard to extract, you know, what is upsetting me? Is it that the neural network picked this out? Is it that it's true? Um, or uh, hypothetically true? Or is it that I saw it and it just freaked me out and, and really upset me and made me feel lonely. Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. It's like grace, you know, grace knows what the difference is, but it's, it's not that she, she's not afraid that he really is that way. She's having trouble deal. It's almost like PTS or something, you know, it's like she, she's dealing with the, the, the problems of having lived with something really horrible, Yeah, you know? 
I would be totally freaked if I were Grace. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. and Henry Henry still kind of freaks me out a little bit anyway, even when he's himself, because I remember all the time he hid the truth from Jack about the future and all the stuff he's done. I mean, I like Henry a lot. He's an awesome character, but I would be a little creeped out anyway. <laughs> and then to, to be like, to have gone through what Grace did, where he basically tried to kill her. Yeah. I just, ugh, I mean... I'd have mm. the willies for a really long time. Well, I'm glad they're talking about it. It though. builds all those, you know, it, it, I guess it takes your instincts and your the way your mind works to build, uh, you know, an understanding of what's going on around you and, and learning to deal with things. And then, you know, warping it in that way makes it build channels that would hurt you back in reality exactly. as much as they'd help you. Exactly. You know? And how can you, when you were in a reality where you really believed that he was trying to kill you, you know, and that you killed him back, you know, to make sure that you could defend yourself. How could you, you can't undo well, that. You can't unsee it. <laughs> yeah. And I, I would, I would think as well that even if when they were in that reality, as much as intellectually, they were understanding that it wasn't real. The, if you're taking the act of killing someone you love, even if it's fake, it's still got to be that Dramatic. on its own has to be traumatizing. Yeah. Like, what if there's that one pain, uh, little little twang of doubt that goes, wait a minute, what if this is somehow real? But you know, got to defend myself and then commit this, and you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to process. I, it, I I do appreciate though how it's it's a it's like a perfect role reversal from last season where yeah. Henry was the one that was, that was kind of out of his universe and, and, and now it's, it's completely reversed. Yeah, so, yeah. and I, he even says that it's like, you know, you know, I, I, I have a, I, I can, I can tell, tell when, when people keep, 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 yeah, exactly. You said it right. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was Never just joining mind. you. I was like, yeah, yeah. Skype right. leg. <laughs> Yeah, I could tell when people are keeping secrets. You know, I, I used to be pretty good at that, right? That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, uh, it's a, I, think, I think what you said a couple episodes ago is, 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 continues to be right, is that the, uh, the traumatizing event occurs, but it, it, it winds up producing a much more interesting story in the long run. Yeah, you, you know, I was thinking um, Fargo's, going to this mandatory uh what do they call it bereavement <laughs> who was the idiot that made this thing mandatory? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. and uh oh. <laughs> you know he's the one that's doing this but i think that honestly they all need to be going through some kind of you know readjustment or something like all the people who are part of the neural network i think need to be able to talk to somebody about what happened well, yeah, they even if it's tell, just each other you know they really i guess the way to handle this this should go in the eureka manual now for like when people are put in an alternate reality and have traumatic experience there's like an entry for that now. although i guess i can understand that they don't really trust have therapists right <laughs> yeah exactly they've had such great experiences yeah. with the therapist um, but no, I mean, what would be great would be for everybody to talk to someone and then for them to figure out who needs to talk with who and set up sessions and everything. And yeah. I don't know, just walk through it, you know? Yeah. Cause clearly, I mean, they need to do some talking. Everybody's been weird and, you know, a avoiding each other and not saying what they can't stop thinking about and all kinds of stuff. It's just, it's not good. Totally. Totally. I Am I wrong, or did they not resolve the thing about the uh, the RF interference coming from these people? 
Well, they they figured out that it's it's it has something to do with you know it's just the Astraeus people, but they don't know they don't know what why, it is yeah. or whether it's going to be good or bad, and it's definitely that could an be ongoing. interesting. Yeah. yeah, you got to wonder what what that really means, and maybe they're still somehow wirelessly connected or something. Uh, and holy it, crap, Sarah! There's so, there's so many cool uh, stories that could come from this. Uh, well, you're not kidding, Audra. What? Yeah, what about Sarah? Did we lose Sarah in this episode? We I, didn't. Did we? We didn't see her restored. All we got was Jack saying she'll be fine, and Andy not looking so sure. Yeah. By the way, continuity nerd in me loves that the ladder, the emergency ladder was his yeah. first thought. And it was still in the exact same place and design as it was the last time. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> like, I love yes! when he like threw that that huge rock and it's like boring. It's like, bouncing really? like what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got that down. And it, I, I think they're really going easy on, on the Jeep. Yeah, I I, ha- I expected that fireball to just fly. I right know, at it. I know. I mean, it got what was it? Grace's SUV. I was yeah. like, "Come on, let's see it get the Jeep." <laughs> they go into the final season. They're like, you guys got to tune it down. We've only got so many of these left. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, I remember as a kid watching Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, I know, I know. And and uh, you'd see him jump that car well, I watched Dukes over of and over and Reruns, over. But- and uh, and then you know having that just be spoiled later on when they this uh, years after it was canceled they ran somebody ran an article a newspaper or magazine or something and they showed a picture of this field that was chock <laughs> full of these cars of wrecked generalies wrecked and some still together and they had like I mean they had hundreds of them you know I guess yeah. over the course of it that they had or, or many many of them that they had gone through so. Well, I- that- yeah, that jump doesn't necessarily end well if you really look at the physics. <laughs> Actually, if you look at the show, I mean, you can yeah. see the car coming apart in yeah. the show. Like it, 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 they show it landing and crushing, and then it just drives on. Yeah. You're like, whatever, you know. You're a kid. You're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I remember being a kid and and thinking it would be fun to go flying through the air in a car and land like that. And then you like Not you, so much. You're in a real car in your real life, and you go over like a pothole, and you're like, oh my god that freaked me out you know <laughs> like in the movie speed i think the movie speed was the last time i thought that that would be cool <laughs> i saw the mythbusters episode i'm not <laughs> riding that bus man. the bus going over the bridge is that what it it's was not happening yeah. yeah it made the yeah. jump yeah right like you know in, yeah, order, like- in order to jump there has to be something to elevate it at the end you know like a ramp it's not yeah. going to like you know, go, well, it, go it, off in a straight line and then and then jump on its own like like hydraulic like it, rear wheels it was something. an on-ramp but you know that's the thing is that where it connects would be even higher than <laughs> <laughs> I know. if yeah. you look at the, the, the wide shot from that it's like it has no chance of you know no. making a six foot jump and you and can wa- you can watch Grant Imahara run a little uh, a little remote controlled toy bus, you know, into the side of a table for half an hour, and you realize <laughs> that this is not happening. <laughs> I know. I was disappointed when they did the uh, the Indiana Jones thing where they the Last Crusade where they stick the the cane or the the pole like through the wheels of a, a Nazi's motorcycle. I thought that was by. cool because they well, found it, it, it would totally work. It just wouldn't be as cool looking. It, yeah, but I was like, oh man. Effective but not quite as showy. Yeah, yeah, it would have been awesome if you actually did it. They they had to put like 30 pounds of dynamite in order to get the bike to like fly like it did in the movie. <laughs> and they had to ignite at exactly the moment that the, the wheel 
stopped. Because in reality, like the wheel stops and the bike just falls over. <laughs> Actually, that's why I like the uh, the effect in uh, in the Dark Knight when uh, when Batman hooks that truck and the entire thing flips straight over. It's because they actually rigged that up to do that, like on an actual street, and it's a practical effect. Wow, really? I mean, obviously, it had some kind of like, um, you know, kind of thing that would would launch the back up, but it's actually, you know, in, in physical physical reality, if it was really a cable, it would probably just you know tear apart the undercarriage. But yeah. they they rigged that as a practical effect. That that truck actually did flip up and over. That and is awesome. It's like that that's actually happening isn't it and then i go and look it up it's like yeah that is actually happening that's cool that'd be cool if in the the like last few episodes of eureka we see something like crazy with the jeep like a like an effect like that <laughs> in the last episode <laughs> Let's drop it out of a helicopter <laughs> yeah they they drive it off a cliff well, like they put in star trek it. yeah <laughs> well, it's like, they drive it off a cliff like uh like uh with the the nazi car and blues brothers yeah. <laughs> they're there's, falling from from an airplane or something. Yeah. <laughs> there's your speed jump for you. Yeah, exactly. That's what ends up happening. <laughs> you you're in a pinto falling from thirty thousand feet. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow yet still better than in a pinto on the highway. <laughs> Safer anyway. Safer, yeah. <laughs> we had a pinto. We used to make jokes about that all the time. <laughs> You know, you'd walk up and whack the back end of it with your hand, see if it explodes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Actually, there, there was one other thing I, uh, while we're on effects here. Um, did anybody kind of have that um, notion while you were looking at the fireball of, of the fireball from Next Gen's Encounter at Farpoint? <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. No, I didn't think of that. As soon as I saw it, I mean, there was just one or two shots where you couldn't really see the detail of the little flies. Yeah. And I'm like, where's Q coming from? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You know, paint again. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. No, I was, um, I thought it was funny how Parrish had almost corralled them into the little cylinder. And they're like, you know calmly no, surrendering no. and they, they walk in ha ha we got you and i'm like really come on how many times do i have to tell you they're not on fire <laughs> it was worth it it's just to see fire <laughs> just fire, to see yeah. parish go no <laughs> <laughs> poor vince I mean, he never, nothing Aww. ever works out for Vince. It's like he, every time he tries to make some food, it gets screwed up. I every know. time he tries to like open the shop back up, it gets screwed up. Did you see that he was serving cold cuts at the end because he had to shut down all his <laughs> Has all the food in the ovens. universe and he's serving, you know, cold POS. cuts. Can I have some ice cream? Oscar yeah, Mayer POS. <laughs> it was funny. so funny. Chuck and I were watching a Stargate Atlantis episode the other day from season two. It's the, um, it's not the one where they meet Ronan, but it's like the second or third one. It's right with, after. With Ronan. Yeah. yeah. And um, Ronan and Taylor go to this small town and it's the one where they discover that there are a couple, like there are other people alive from Ronan's planet. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, they, when they go to the small town, they go to like the local inn as they always do. Guess who's running and, it? And this guy, and, uh, yeah, and Vince, <laughs> Vince, Vince is man. working at the inn. And the first thing he does is come up and bring them all coffee. <laughs> and we're like, oh, oh damn it. poor <laughs> Vince. He has to serve coffee in this universe too. <laughs> I didn't know you could get typecast as a cafe owner. <laughs> Barkeep. <laughs> well, this this was before Eureka too, wasn't it? Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. Well, well, this was in 2005. The Stargate was no, 2005. Same time. Same time. Yeah. That is okay. Really well, funny. then maybe it was just an in joke. Then <laughs> that's funny. Maybe. I'm well, pretty sure he was in uh, Stargate yeah, SG one. He was on some point as like a villager number seven or something like that. I totally agree. I, I remember seeing him. <laughs> Coffee serving villager number seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> villager with local grog. <laughs> It'd be great if he was like an extra in Deep Space Nine, like serving Ractagino. <laughs> that's, that's just wrong. That's the kind of crossover that can't happen. <laughs> Could play a Cardassian like everybody. I mean, if Iggy Pop can play, a, you know, a, a Cardassian. No, maybe he just played that Ferengi in, in the back of Quarks that was always serving drinks. Yeah, you didn't know because. You know. Well, he's yeah. he's built more like a Ferengi than a Cardassian. Iggy Pop actually looks like a Cardassian even without true. the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> they just they just cast him. You know, it was like didn't require any makeup. Yeah, you you can only cast people who like look, oh, he, he look was better as Cardassian. Oh, you're so, was he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, it, it was in the magnificent Ferengi episode where they had like all of the regular. You're Ferengi. so right. No, I thought he was a Cardassian as well. Oh no, no, he he was a no he. I'm pretty sure he he was a he a was Vorta? a Vorta. I thought it was. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Yeah. Well, I will not question Juan's Deep Space Nine <laughs> knowledge because it is I, I, freaking oh. encyclopedic. <laughs> I don't, I don't brag about many things, but yes, I am a, a complete expert on the, yeah. on, on PS9. <laughs> I know, I know. You're invaluable everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> he totally was a Vorta. I, I had to go look. Because awesome. I just couldn't stand <laughs> look it. Look it up. Told you. <laughs> you, are, you are so correct. There's a picture yeah. of him. Oh, yeah. Wow. It was when they were trading Kivon for Mookie. Uh-huh. You oh, are absolutely Kivon. right. That guy freaks me out. <laughs> 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 okay. Why was I thinking it was in the episode where um, the red paw wraiths take over Jake Sisko and like the blue, like the good spirits or whatever? I thought that Iggy Pop was uh, a Cardassian in that one. I don't remember. That. I don't know if there were any Cardassians in that one. Uh, At least not on DS9. I uh, mean, the the the, the uh, paw wraiths uh, took over Jake and the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, the prophets took over uh, Kira, right, right. And 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 Win went up to went up to Ops and and screwed everything up again. Oh, good, Imagine I'm that. I'm glad you ended that sentence with everything up and not, you know, it screwed everyone. <laughs> no, not whatever. What's his name? Oh, Chickapoo. Oh wait, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not not what's his name? Marco Lemo. Not Ducat as a Bajoran. Oh, but um. Oh, what what was his name as a Bajoran? Um, oh God, I don't re- I don't want to know. <laughs> you guys were you guys were doing it in the Matrix. <laughs> Angel Tanan, I think it was something like that. Wow. wow. Okay, you're uh, you got me, man. We're not worthy. Angel, Indeed, it. he's googling it, of course. Yeah, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I remember yeah, the Angel early Tanan. Days. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> I remember the early days of podcasting when we didn't have access to to Google during the podcast. Back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> that's how long we've been podcasting we were podcasting before it was cool to podcast that's true <laughs> and after <laughs> we rode that wave all the way up and way all the way back <laughs> and will again we'll keep on riding it 
I'm trying to think if there's anything um, anything that I missed that I wanted to talk about with this episode because uh, there was a lot going on. But um, I have a question for you. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if either of you. If, is this a style, the, the Henry's jacket that has like three popped collars in it? What? His jacket has like two or three zippers in it. You know, it's like multiple layers oh, of jacket. Not that I'm aware of. I, I've never seen anyone. I, I mean, I've no, seen people do that. Their fourth time that I've seen a jacket of that style. And I was just wondering if oh, that was a I, thing. I don't know. I'll have to go back and look. I, I didn't notice it, but. I'm not up on the fashions. Yeah, me either. Layering is definitely in. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was the kind of thing. Really? Because it's, it's all- May and we live in Texas, so I'm not yeah, interested well, in layering. <laughs> Henry has always been... Inside, in AC. <laughs> Henry has always been kind of fashion forward as a character. Actually, yeah. Except for that one episode, like in season one, early on, where he's practically wearing a dashiki. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I mean, every time they put him in like casual clothes, yeah. it's always a little bit out, far out, yeah. you know, a little bit on the extreme, you know? So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him doing that sort of thing. I do like when he wears, I, what are those hats called? You know, the that kind of European style flat hat, like... Um, like Richard wears in Keeping Up Appearances. <laughs> you know, when he wears that oh, backwards. Oh, crap. Um, damn. I know there's a name for it. Um, damn it. Oh, uh, yeah. But but when he wears oh, that I so backwards, know. I always thought that looked good on him. It was kind of like very Henry, you know. What the hell is that called? It's going to kill me now. Is it, does it start uh, with F? No. You're thinking like Fedora, but that's not, not it. <laughs> oh, well. Somebody will call in and tell us. Hmm. So, I guess, let's see, next week we've got another new episode. I cannot episode. wait. I, I saw the preview, and it's a body swapping episode, which is going to be awesome. I love body swaps. <laughs> yeah. It made, made me want to go back and watch the, uh, the SG-1 episode, where, where they, uh, they all swap bodies. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was awesome. Or the, uh, the Red Dwarf episode, body swap. <laughs> yeah. Every single <laughs> show remember, of any time. Remember, remember takes over, he takes over Lister's body and he promises to treat it well and everything. And he actually goes on the premise of getting Lister in better shape because he's like complaining. Oh, yeah. And Lister's like, all right. And at the end, like he finds him with a, a feast and his face is buried in a pile of mashed potatoes and gravy. And he just plops <laughs> his fa- like head first. He's like plop and like potatoes spatter everywhere <laughs> and, and Lister walks in like oh my god what are you doing <laughs> I'm trying to think what's your favorite body swap episode of anything ever? yeah, I, yeah. Well, I don't know if I've seen that many um, Freaky Friday was pretty cool the original movie the the 70s version oh yeah I didn't see the Jamie Lee Curtis one but I, I thought that um, Jerry Ryan did a really good job in that Voyager episode where she uploads the doctor's program into her implants, Seven of Nine's implants, to avoid nice. him being erased. I did like... And, and, and she was doing like a spot-on Robert Picardo impersonation. That was awesome. And um, when Quark took on one of Dax's past personalities that was like an old <laughs> grandmother, that was really good. Yeah. You never told me that this host was a woman. 
<laughs> my my host my host wants to speak, and like Quark is all mad. <laughs> yeah. I remember uh, it's it's like every Quantum Leap episode. Like every at the end of every episode, he ends up in a woman. <laughs> yuck, Wait, yuck. what? Just like Kirk. <laughs> Just like Kirk. <laughs> I have actually not seen uh, Quantum Leap at all. I haven't either, Chuck. I haven't watched it since I watched it on TV oh when God, I was a he kid. Is Captain Kirk. Because <laughs> it was on and it was, you know, it was fun. Was it a good I, show? Is it yeah, worth it was all right. going back and? It was all right. Except for Skeev I, is in it, isn't he? I don't think it's one that will hold up. I haven't. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I haven't rushed to watch it again. It's available on Netflix, or it used to be, but um, I'm, but I'm, I'm thinking that it might not be. Uh, it might not be something that would be the right kind of, I don't know. I don't know. I just get the feeling that it wouldn't be as much fun this time around as it would was the first time around. Like DuckTales? Like DuckTales. <laughs> DuckTales was definitely not so much something. Yeah, that was that was kind of terrifying. <laughs> we're like, oh my God, we liked this when we were kids. <laughs> the people who wrote this must be on crack. <laughs> we never noticed but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm content to leave that one in the uh, in the past. But yeah, well, I'm trying to think of what my favorite one is. It's Your favorite body t- swap? Yeah, ever. my favorite body swap. I wonder what that would be. I don't know. Kier- uh, SG one is still a, is still a really good one. Uh, you know, with yeah, Taylor when she's possessed by the wraith is pretty cool. Yeah, that's not mm. really a body swap, but. Yeah, I think I th- I think I'm with I don't know um watching uh Daniel oh. Jackson as as Vala that was pretty good. That that <laughs> might be my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that's probably. The um the the DS9 one where uh Worf takes control of Quark's body for the Klingon honor. Ah! <laughs> the house of the house of Quark. Yeah, the house That's of Quark. Where he has to battle, <laughs> and he's jerking his arms around with the batleth like a like a marionette. <laughs> that was awesome. You know, maybe I'll attack, or maybe I'll just put my sword down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think those are the best ones. Uh, Daniel as Vala. And House yeah. of Cork and uh, and Rimmer with his Body face swap, in, in the yeah. mashed potatoes. <laughs> well, I can't wait till next week to see what uh, to see what we get. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm glad. That, awesome. I'm glad they're going all out like sci-fi uh, sci-fi silly with it. Yes, because I'm I'm just it's classic. How can you? How can you pass up? Can you pass a up? body swap? And and the, I, I love the Eureka silly like don't don't apologize to me apologize to him you look over at Carter he's like that's hey! <laughs> <laughs> no, not gonna happen <laughs> it's great <laughs> anything to add here at the end Audra no just it's it's so good to to be back with modern Eureka and talking about you know I think the rewatch of the uh, earlier seasons has really prepared us to talk more deeply about the characters so. Uh, it's pretty cool to kind of put those pieces together. I don't know that I would have had as much of a rich experience coming back to it if I hadn't been thinking about it so much, you know, leading up to it. So it's a lot of fun. Juan? Uh, just continually happy that we're getting uh, that we're getting new episodes every week. It's awesome. Yeah. Squee! Speaking of, we'll see you next week. 
From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.